0: Guys, and welcome to the newest episode of The Hero Presents, the Bump Card Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, as always, Brian, and with me tonight is Psycho. How are you tonight, Psycho?
1: I'm doing pretty good. Uh, tired as always, but uh, pretty good.
0: Feel that? I feel that. All right, guys. Well, what a first half of the year it has been. We have had some craziness in the world of wrestling from you know these amazing storylines, really awesome shows, shows that are created just to uh sue the ego of one individual. There's a whole bunch of stuff that's going on the last six months, and we are going to talk about it today. This is going to be one of the episodes we're going to be doing at least twice a year about the six month mark and at the end of the year we're going to call the state of wrestling and that's going to consist of everything of the bigger stuff aew wwe new japan all that stuff as well as local wrestling too we're going to cover all of that see what our takes are for the last few months where or how we feel about it where it's going and our predictions so all right guys with that being said ready to start us off
2: psycho
1: yeah and i think you know, if we have to get into another heated cm punk debate, it's like... <laughs> i I will have you come over to the dark side yeah. as long <laughs> oh. as there's cookies oh, cookies where
0: <laughs> you' know, you never saw that shirt
2: uh come to the dark side we have cookies i I have seen that actually
1: um so let's let's kind of talk about like what what big events have really stood out to you this year
2: so far? Um,
0: when you say events, are you meaning like the big pay-per-view shows shows in general? What are you talking
2: about?
1: Sure, yeah. Yeah. Let, let's say like the big pay-per-view events or premium live events, whatever you want to call it, the, the, the big events that, uh, you know, not necessarily a big raw or smackdown. We'll talk about, we'll talk about that stuff, but like, what's, let's call them super cards, so to speak. Okay. Right? So, so what super cards have really stood out to you this year as kind of more memorable than the rest. <laughs> and I know we're completely ad libbing this and, and going just off of what we can remember. So clearly if we remember it, it, it means it's, it has some, Clearly that's how I do
0: every episode. So it, it's not a <laughs> little different for me, but, um, right off the bat there are several episodes or several uh super cards that do pop on my mind um for me forbidden door was probably the best aew one of the year um that was the one i enjoyed the most hands down and then from that uh wwe i would have to say probably from the royal rumble Elimination Chamber and WrestleMania, like all three of those, were just so fantastically built, and the storylines going in and through those were just so well crafted that, like, it's probably the best three series in a row for pay-per-views I've seen in a long time
2: um, for any promotion. So,
1: yeah, I think for me. I'll I'll talk WWE first. So like uh, the ones that really stand out to me was. uh, I think it was. Was it Elimination Chamber where uh, where Sami Zayn challenged Roman Reigns? Yes. Okay, so. um, That one in particular stands out to me uh, just because it was a really strong show from top to bottom. Uh, It it yep. had a wrestlemania type feel to that yeah. to that show not just with the match but with the crowd and everything uh that one really stood out to me uh honestly like that one was just as good as a wrestlemania um wrestlemania obviously stands out to me uh i mean partially because i was watching it on a cruise um but <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh Thinking about it, back on it too, I think it's the first WrestleMania you and I have not watched together in several years.
1: Yeah, probably was. So. Um, yeah i I really enjoyed, if I'm being honest, I liked Night One a little bit better than Night Two. Just, yeah. I think probably because it had a more satisfying ending with the Usos against Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. You know, with them winning the belts. Um, I think that that was a little bit more satisfying than the Ending, we got to the Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns match.
2: Well,
0: we'll get to storylines in general, sure, uh, talking about that for or through the year. But, uh, with that, I think that though Cody lost, I think the story is still strong. Like, as a card alone, I think Cody should have won, but the way that they've been working the story, I think, is better. But we'll get the storyline,
1: yeah. We'll we'll talk about that in a sec. Yeah, I, I, let's let with AEW. For their big events. I think match wise, Forbidden Door probably had the strongest card, but I'm more of a story guy, and so it did take away a little bit for me for story wise, just because they didn't really have a big storyline to that. It's more about the in ring product. Um I'm trying to think of of a show where I where I think that it
2: was just blow away out of the you know blow me away out of the water um i think
1: gosh i'm trying to think uh maybe the one uh and i'm not a big elite guy but maybe the one where the elite returned i think that was this year um where they came back with i think it was only, at the end of last year
0: i think no? they've had three shows this year so far we can put uh, account for Vendor they've been door all out and um, no we
1: haven't done all out. they not
0: all out. What's the one that they just did before that that was in Vegas?
1: Oh, uh double or nothing.
0: Double or nothing. And then <laughs> uh I think they had one other
2: one uh, at the beginning of the year.
1: Yeah, and I think um
2: I want to say uh like honestly like n-
1: from a card standpoint, a lot of it doesn't stand out to me. Like, and that's kind of the, if I'm being honest and I love AEW, but their shows. And I'll just say like, like while CM Punk was away, the shows kind of lost direction. Um, There's your hard eye roll, but it's, but I think it's true because they had when, when, You know, when CM Punk, you know stepped aside for a little bit due to all of that, uh, and due to his injury, they had they had a ton of direction at that point with their stories, and then and then they really didn't have they don't have really a heated feud, um, at least something that really I can sink my teeth into. Uh the in-ring product's always been pretty good. Their pay-per-views have always you know their their in-run product has been pretty good mjf has actually been really surprising this year we'll talk about but yeah uh but honestly i guess i guess i will say forbidden door just because that's the only one i remember maybe it's because it's the most recent one um but wwe has had more like big shows i feel when you count both nights of wrestlemania uh, when you count uh, Elimination Chamber. Gosh, even Money in the Bank that just happened. Money in the Bank was really good. Uh, The Rumble was good. The Rumble was excellent. Although, I will say about the Rumble is it was a little predictable with Cody Rhodes winning. Like, that one yeah. really wasn't in doubt. And so I've seen better Rumbles. But the storyline at the end... Uh, and, you know, I guess we could just go ahead and, and jump right into storylines, uh, which I mean, this is going to be we're both going to agree on this. Which storylines have stood out to you the most this year?
2: Um.
0: Well, the obvious one, of course, is all the bloodline stuff. That's the the number one obvious one. So we'll touch on that in, in a minute. Mm-hmm. But I would like to say, like, uh, the rise of Judgment Day um, over this last year. Because, you know, they started last year, but they were kind of just feeling like a group put together and was just there and was kind of just waiting around for Edge to be there to do stuff with them. But over this last year, especially after following the Rumble and then WrestleMania, the Judgment Day have exploded in their promo quality, their match quality for each individual person. Uh Everything about them has been very good, and all the storylines that they end up in are amazing. Yeah, um,
1: I, I just want to say that I'm kind of with you on Judgment Day. Partly, I, I think part of it has been really good. I think the stuff with Dominic Mysterio and Rhea Ripley has been excellent, and the mm-hmm. feud that Dominic had with Ray with his dad Ray was fantastic. Yeah, uh, and it really made the character because dominic you know before he turned on ray and and everything he was just kind of like for me he was almost on david flair type level it's a second generation star i didn't know if he was ever going to make it uh he would just be kind of a flash in the pan thing but when he made that heel turn and when he uh did the stuff where he kept interrupting you know family gatherings at, at, at his dad's house. And then, like, when he got arrested and he became, like, prison Mm dom, That, like, that is brilliant and so entertaining. Like, and now he's getting, he's honestly, maybe other than Roman, the biggest heel on the entire, you know, roster for them. Like, he he goes out there and he gets nuclear heat. They won't even let him speak. They won't even let him do anything. It's just absolute booze.
0: Yeah, it's insane how much they're booing him. But it's interesting because he gets so much heat and you know, Priest and Finn, they get a lot of heat too. Not I mean obviously not in that same level as Dom. Like they they jump it up to a whole nother decibel when Dom starts to talk. But they get a lot of heat. But Rhea doesn't. Rhea gets like a lot of fan love for what she does, even when she's like beating the crap out of Natty. Like, the fans are still behind her. They're cheering, in a way, for her. I mean, they're still... Like, some of them are booing because she's sh- doing heel stuff, but they're still behind her. It's just it's it's
1: insane. It's a very weird dynamic, because, yeah. like, her and Dom, like, make each other. Like, they really give each other the rub, so to speak. Don't in. don't get your dirty mind out <laughs> of here. Um, that's my job. No, but, uh...
0: You missed a great promo, by the way, on Monday, between, uh... So at the end of the, the main event for Monday Night Raw was a six man. It was um Judgment Day against um Seth Rollins and uh Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn.
2: And because Kevin and Sami save uh Seth at the beginning of the show. And uh <laughs> uh
0: Rhea goes to say something to uh Roman or not to Roman to to um, uh Sammy and Kevin, and Kevin has been doing this great thing lately with things where he's trying to keep his calm, like Sammy's trying to keep him calm, and he's getting upset because people are breaking the unspoken rules of like interrupting without having your name called, popping up with whatever, right? And uh, he goes to do this, and then uh, Rhea it's like, you know, cuts him off, and be like, no, no, we're here because of this. And he goes, oh, okay, that one makes sense. But, uh, they talk about, or uh, Rhea's like, oh yeah, you know, why, uh, Don was in prison. He had a, a lot of great cardio and stuff like that. Uh, and I'm not meaning just the gym and uh, like, is doing his whole sexual innuendo thing. And then, uh, they leave and Kevin looks over at Sammy and goes, what do you think she meant by that? And Sammy's like, oh, I think it's, and then whispers in his ear goes, oh, didn't know he was down for that. And then they walked off. It was so freaking funny, <laughs> <laughs> Those two as a tag team have been so good.
1: No, they they really are, and I'm happy for them. Uh, honestly, even I mean, I know. Uh, I know we're gonna talk about the blood bloodline in a second because that we're gonna talk about Sammy and Kevin as part of that as well. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but some other good storylines that stand out to me,
2: and uh, I mean,
1: I would say uh. In WWE, I'm trying to really think. Like most of the most of the stuff has been centered around the bloodline. Uh, AEW, I'm really struggling to find a storyline that's like really captivated me. It's there's been great matches, and we can mm. we'll talk about matches here in a little bit. But
0: well, they had a couple of decent ones at the beginning of the year, and going into um, Double or Nothing. Like uh, the four pillars match building the story for that. There
1: was that, and I did think uh, of that. Um, that to me, it was a it was a good storyline. It's probably the best one they've done. Um, but that was such a little blip, like like what a month, or I guess it lasted a couple of months.
0: Yeah, it was building towards Double or Nothing. It's kind of like the big the big one that they were trying to sell Double or Nothing on. Um, but that, they're they're kind of in that weird. Sp- Base right now, with like what the WWE was a couple of years ago, where they were really just building to the one show, and lately they've only really been doing that off of like a couple of shows going into it. So it makes it really difficult for you to like bite into a storyline because they don't even do a rubber match for them anymore. Like, it's you have that one match at the paper even that's the blow off match, so you don't get anything. Um, yeah it makes it really difficult for you to want to bite in where WWE has literally changed their ways and have made these great long-term stories. Like they had the beginning towards the beginning of the year, or I know last year, beginning of this year, they had uh, the storyline where Sheamus is trying to go for the IC title because he's never won it. Like He's trying to beat Gunther and is trying and getting screwed, and trying and getting screwed, and trying and getting screwed. And then finally he's wanting to do it at WrestleMania, but at the same time, his tag partner, uh, and friend drew mcintyre is also wanting to go for the ic title so they end up having this three-way which allows gunther to get out of it but uh or the win essentially without having to have either guys really you know get buried because they're fighting the whole time there's such a good story building into it and they did that toward the end of last year beginning of this year building to wrestlemania in april so you had four months of great storyline or storytelling for all of them
1: yeah um Let's just talk about the Bloodline storyline right now. Cause we're I mean that that storyline blows I, I think you can agree, it blows everything else away.
0: The Bloodline storyline, I think, is now to a point where it's on par with Austin McMahon.
1: And it's right there with like the NWO storyline, right? It's like it's that good. The only the only difference is that maybe wrestling's not at a hot period of where you know mainstream casuals are, are watching, but but that's not their fault. No, um, it's and just kind that, of the- the,
0: you got to imagine just watching storyline stuff like this. Like casual fans are watching, this, right? Um, as an example, uh, we invited uh, for WrestleMania, uh, Devon uh, invited over his friend um, Lindsay. And she doesn't watch wrestling. She's never watched it before, and totally fell in love with all of the storyline stuff for um, the bloodline. It, largely, it's because she thought Roman Reigns was a good-looking man. Not saying he's not, but uh, she was. She totally bit into that whole storyline, and they've essentially been doing this whole bloodline storyline for three years, really
1: yeah it seems like it's yeah it's been about that probably but it's like the build to it and just when you think it's losing steam where it's like oh they've done you know this is the payoff or gosh they really should have had cody win here you know what are they doing with it and they just add this new layer to it
2: mm-hmm. every
1: time where it's it had like me i i bite into it you know it's like hook line and sinker for me like I, I'm, I'm so hooked on the storyline, seeing where it's going next, and some of it's so simple because it's. I don't want to say it's pre- it's predictable, but it's logical. Yes, it's logical story Like, you know. So you can actually like it's not something they do, and you're like that doesn't even make any sense. It doesn't make sense because this happened, you know, months ago or whatnot. It's like it just keeps building on each other, so that like the stuff with like the Usos and them and and Roman and you look back it's like it's been building to that from the very beginning yep and it, gosh i mean i could touch on so much of what's happened this year like cuz you have the Sami Zayn stuff that was super super hot at the beginning of the year it was all about Sami Zayn and the bloodline and i i mentioned it earlier that the Sami Zayn Roman Reigns match Elimination Chamber in in uh, Montreal uh, mm-hmm. that one was like a Wrestlemania main event that crowd was hot that story was hot going into it and then uh, and then after that they kind of broke off you know Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens against the Usos and them winning and main eventing Wrestlemania that's that's the first tag team match To main event WrestleMania since WrestleMania one. Mm -hmm. And I'd have it be for the tag team championships. And it wasn't just because you could say, oh, well, it was because it was two nights. So they put something else first. So it kind of gave it. But then the Usos ended up main eventing again, you know, just recently at, at Money in the Bank. And so when you've, and that's one night. So the Usos are super hot because of this storyline. Yep. Roman has, so you've got Roman with the bloodline and everybody that comes in contact with it, which isn't always the case have, they've benefited from it and got such a big rub that when they branch out and do other things like Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens or the, the Usos or gosh, you know, everybody, they're better off for being part of that storyline than they're super over. So he's making Roman and this bloodline storyline is making new stars and yeah. elevating them to a place they've never been. Uh, and he's going to do the same thing for uh solo as well. It's, you know, solo is going to end up becoming a very big star out of this, almost like a Batista probably with evolution. Yeah. Uh, that's what well, I predict happening.
0: I had, uh, I spoke with some of our trainees, uh, the
2: other day about, um, the concept of uh, giving the rub the fight, uh, and how that
0: concept works, really like the whole thought about how wrestling works in general. How you go from, you know, it's not involving wins and losses, but it involves so much more. And I gave the bloodline as an example, right? So I talked about how like Roman wins the belt off of, you know, two big guys at the time, you know, you have Braun Strowman and and, uh, The Fiend and wins it off of there and takes uh, a bit of their investment, essentially, of what they put in for their time and off that and and gives it to him. And he then puts some of that investment into uh, Jay because he builds a storyline with Jay and then continues to add more investment by having a couple more matches over pay-per-views with Jay over the next couple of things, things and doing a whole program with him. And then he keeps doing that, but as every time he's going and having these matches, he's adding more investment into like a savings for uh the next person to make something big for them. And then when he gets these parts where he just lost to Jay, right? He gets pinned for the first time in three years to Jay, all of that investment just went to Jay, right? Um, of that time and effort and everything else. And then let's say that let's say that Jay wins, right? Let's say Jay wins at uh Survivor Series. Nope. SummerSlam. SummerSlam. Uh, This coming thing. He won't, but let's say he does. The amount of investment and stuff that they would put into that and to put the belt on him on that, that's just showing how much he has grown, how much he has now really become the main event Jey Uso from all of that time and that three years of a storyline, the investment that they've put in all of this. And that's how you tell true stories with this stuff is by having the investment. What they used to do and what AEW is doing now is you're putting in two weeks of an investment. So it's not really doing anything to bring somebody up when a win or loss happens, right? There's no, there's not enough story to be able to build something upon. So there's no enough investment. Into it.
1: Well, the, what WWE is doing so well right now is they've, they've basically, they're re-educating the fan base to accept long-term storytelling because before it was very like like ADD booking, basically. It's like, oh, let's, you know, you have this big, they get a hot storyline and we blow it off on the very next show and then they move in a different direction where they could have built that up Mm -hmm. over several months and gotten more mileage out of it. And we've kind of seen that almost since I mean for years and years now. Yeah. We've kind of done that fast-paced booking, and maybe Vince Russo's, you know, responsible. I almost said to blame, but maybe <laughs> he's responsible for that kind of crash TV uh booking, um, which has its place, but I really dig the long term storyline um and the long term storytelling. The That's kind of where the NWO fell, because you look at the differences between the NWO storyline that there was and the bloodline. The bloodline's making new stars, right? The NWO, it didn't make new stars, really, because you would throw another member in there and then, you know, it got too overbloated where it didn't mean anything. It, It
0: didn't, but it didn't do it in the right way, right? Think of it like this, right? At the very beginning of the NWO stuff, you had people just jumping ship, joining the NWO and stuff like that. And then they tried to get DDP to join the NWO. And he was really like the first big person to say no.
1: And that part made sense.
0: Yeah. And it made DDP up to that Mm -hmm. point. Like DDP was a good worker and everything but he was not the face of the company or he couldn't be seen as the face of the company, but that story, the investment they put in, in that storyline telling made DDP. And he was kind of the guy to stand against the NWO for so long. So,
1: yeah. And it, but it was basically whoever said no to them became bigger stars, but the ones that joined it, you know, you were having Virgil in there as Vincent, you know, you had, you had Scott Norton and, and, you know, all these guys, it didn't matter. And then when you'd have somebody like the giant, you know, big show join, and then they turned on him, they turned on him way too soon. They had guys joining them, but it didn't make sense Mm -hmm. why they were joining. They were just joining to join. And I think that's the problem is that everything with the bloodline storyline, it's logical. It makes sense. And, And then when they're kicked out of the group or they leave the group, it also makes sense because you can go back months and months and say, "Oh, look how this built." Mm-hmm. They 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 have patience, like I've I haven't seen in a storyline in a long time because it would have been very easy to blow off this the blow off the Sami Zayn storyline very early because they they could have they could have, uh, um, blown off the Cody Rhodes thing and maybe that is, you know, kind of good because cody when Cody didn 't win at WrestleMania, um but Sammy didn't win, and that could have been easily a big big deal too, yep. but they 're building it up so when when Roman finally does end up losing the title it's going to be a huge moment because the fans won't be expecting it i don 't think because you've got you 've got uh. When Sammy was there, everybody's like, oh, Sammy could win, right? When Cody was facing him, they're like, oh, Cody's definitely going to win. And the more times he keeps overcoming all of this, I think it's going, honestly, when he does lose, I think it's almost going to be like an Undertaker losing to Brock Lesnar moment where everyone's like, wait a minute, what just happened? We, you know, we have a new champion and hopefully it makes a star and it's not somebody that doesn't need it. You know, yep. I don't know. Hopefully, I mean, I have faith that they're going to do the logical thing and it's going to tell a good story. But uh, I guess, yeah, we'll we'll wait and see on that.
0: Yeah, and I mean that that's been the biggest thing is like, and you mentioned you, you touched on this earlier about how it seems like it's going to run on the Steam and then it doesn't because they go in a different pos- mm-hmm. way.
2: But part of that also goes to like, uh. What's the word? Uh, Averting our expectation
0: uh, to what we expect to see all the time, right? So they had this hot star, right, that they could have put the belt on, i.e. like Daniel Bryan or Kofi Kingston level of a hot star who was the unexpected person that they could have easily put the belt on in Sami Zayn going into Elimination Chamber, and they don't. And then people were like, oh, they should have done it because, you know, it would never be that hot again. And then we were worried that it was also gonna take away from Cody and it didn't. And then building up Cody. Cody has this great story coming in. He's coming back. He's the right person. He's the perfect baby face to do this. And then he loses.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And we're like, oh man, that was the perfect time. When else would you have it done? Like, how could you not do this? And now they're doing this with Jay going into SummerSlam. And Jay is the perfect person. Because it bookends the original story three years ago. It'll make Jay and all these things. And if Jay loses, or when Jay loses, a lot of people are going to be like, oh, that was the perfect time. They could have made Jay. Who else is going to do this, Doom. And then they're going to go into Solo, obviously going up into the next one. And Solo could be the guy. But he might not. And then people are going to say the same thing. But every time they've averted our expectations or subverted our expectations and made something better.
1: And it does make it better because when he does lose, it's going to be so satisfying, you know, that they drug it out for this long, yeah, you know, and it's not one of those things where it's, where it's lost steam. I thought it would, especially after the Cody thing. Cause when Sammy lost, I was like, okay, that, like, it was hot, but there's Cody, so there's a better story, you know. And then when Cody lost, I legitimately thought, maybe that was a mistake. Maybe, because Cody's never going to be as hot as he was at that moment. Um, But they could build him back up um, yeah. and do that. So it just makes it very satisfying. I would say, too, that it almost right now would be a mistake to to end this bloodline storyline right now and the reason i say that is it almost feels like uh so like when goldberg was on his streak in WWE and he was the champion they cut that off way too soon because that was like their only competition competing against vince in the wwe when he's undefeated going for you know going being the champion and then kevin ash beat him and it was like wait what and the way it happened and then they were Yeah, wasn't he like
0: a, a handcuff and a taser or something like that? Yeah,
1: he got tased to lose, you know, and I get what they were going for, but that undefeated streak, everybody was behind it. That was the one that was going, I think, where they were still staying very competitive with the WWE. Once Goldberg lost, he didn't have the same mystique. He never was the same again. And I get the say, you know, I get what they're saying about, well, he had to lose some time and, you know, and and why not? You know, it, yeah, it adds it more it to mean the story. Something, right? Exactly. That was my right, problem with use it. that.
0: Use that investment that you're putting into that time into that person, and the investments you're taking away from other people. Because every time that somebody loses, a little bit of the investment you have in them goes with the person they just mm-hmm. lost to. Right. You're really just stepping on every person that you know. He loses to, or he lo- or he beat. Yeah. So how who that build? How who does that help? It helps nobody. It takes away from uh, Goldberg, and it did not help Nash. He didn't need it.
1: It didn't right? help Nash, and it even hurt worse when you know Nash won. And I know we're not talking about WSW from 25 yeah. years ago or whatever, but, but when Nash won, the very next week, he does the finger poke of doom and just gives it to Hogan. And that basically reset everything. Huh? It's like everything that that Goldberg, you know, all the guys that put over Goldberg there, it meant nothing because right. they didn't they didn't take that heat and transfer it to make a new star it cuz it didn't make anybody yeah um so but my point is is that they ended it and they were never the same i feel like by by wwe if they were to lose the bloodline storyline right now it would be a mistake because that is their hottest ticket they're drawing with it they're drawing huge money with it uh they're the ratings are up because of it i think uh i i think last week's smackdown like was one of the most highly rated segments um that they've done and the and the fans basically are conditioned normally a show like sometimes it'll start off hot and then it'll kind of peter off the longer the show goes but it's building on it where it peaks when the bloodline comes out mm-hmm. and and so I don't know how it's going to end, but I, I want it to go for as long as possible because I'm loving every minute of it.
0: I am, too, and it doesn't, but it will need to end eventually. And I hope sure. it ends before it finally gets to start being stale. Right. Um, I hope
1: they pick the right moment.
0: Yeah. And that, that's going to always be the hardest thing is finding that right moment. Right. Um, as an example, going back to Taker's uh, streak. Right. It was, you know, of course, the story of the streak ends up becoming uh, its own thing without an intent uh, until or for a long time. But you have Brock win it. And everything I've ever read is that was always the plan anyways, even though the taker got hurt was Brock was going to win it anyway. And. It just didn't make sense of why. Right. Like that, that streak, because of what it was, could it's still gone on for at several more years, because Taker still worked for several more years. He only stopped doing WrestleManias what, two years ago? Three at most?
1: It was the uh, AJ COVID style one. one. Yeah. yeah. and uh, 2020 then. Was it 2020? Okay.
0: So, yep. but he could have easily kept it going, and you know, he he did lose a second time to Roman at WrestleMania, but he could have lost to Roman then, and that may would have done more for Roman than it did for Brock
1: the roman one they should have done i you know i know some people's like taker sh- you know could have passed the torch to bray wyatt but i think we're seeing now with bray it's like that would have been the wrong choice i just don't yeah. think bray i i don't know bray's a whole other a whole other story yeah. but but i think roman that would have made roman into the top heel. if they if they did the heel turn with it if he was just baby face i don't know if it would have done it but if they would have catapulted into the heel turn, but I mean, obviously Roman eventually found his way and he became the person he was, you know, they always thought he could be. But it, it took a heel turn to do it. Yeah,
0: which is so weird because like he was a heel when he first went in the NXT and that all uh-huh. started. And it was only after the whole uh, shield broke, breaking up thing mm-hmm. happened right. that they, they had a face and it just never made sense for him. Um, all that being said, yeah the single best storyline in decades yeah, for wrestling in general.
1: Yeah. And it might go down as the best storyline ever. I'm going to say it.
0: It it could, especially if it makes the next big star.
1: Yeah. It's gosh, I don't know. And I, I, it's funny because remember like a year ago, you weren't thinking that he, that Roman would get to WrestleMania again with it. You know, with it, he'd make it to WrestleMania. And now we're going on... He was probably going to make it to next year's WrestleMania with the championship. Because I don't... maybe, I, maybe. I'm not going to
0: doubt anything now, so...
1: I think it's almost so big, you almost have to drop it at a WrestleMania. Or, or a big show of that stature. You know, maybe a SummerSlam, but I don't think this is the year to do that, so who knows where it's going to end up. Like, it, I,
0: If it's SummerSlam, it would have to be this one, I think. But I even that, like, I, I agree with you. It's got to be one of the big four. So, you know, like uh, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Raw Rumble.
1: It can't like be like a, a SmackDown. It no. can't be him losing it at a SmackDown. That Yes, that would have shock value. But what you, unless you, like, promote a big match for SmackDown and he loses it, where there's, like, uh, you know, millions of people watching, where they pop the biggest rating ever for it or something. But they would almost have to telegraph the eight. He's gonna lose the title here.
0: Yeah, you, you know, wouldn't so. be able to do it just off of a, a Smackdown because of the ratings alone. Um you'd yeah. have to do it off of one of the big four, but again, again, because of the
2: ratings, right?
1: Right. So yeah, and the pair yeah, the they would have to draw a big big number with it. Um so yeah. So yeah, obviously that eclipses everything else, it seems. Um, because they've done so much with that. Uh let's let's switch gears here. I wanna um I want to ask you a question that's been kind of on my mind with wrestling more so AEW right now. Okay. Uh, Do you think that they utilize blood too much? Yes. Because I agree. I think there's a time and a place for it. But I think they've kind of went too far in the extreme with it. Like for no reason. Like Moxley bleeds, you know, just to bleed, it seems. And when it's if it's in the right setting where it's a it's a cage match or to an end to a grudge match or something like that, I think it works. But you saw like on this last AEW pay-per-view, um, I think Kenny Omega was the one that bled, right? Uh yes. So so he ended up bleeding, but it meant a little bit more because Moxley didn't bleed, which uh, it seems like every show he bleeds, and so I think they rely a little bit too much on that i I wouldn't mind w w e doing it on occasion, but they like don't ever really do it except for i think i think Brock bled in their in his match with Cody um yes, a few shows ago, but uh so you had that in the rare moment. But then you've got AEW that does it all the time, and it, where it's almost meaningless. It's like you're bleeding all over each other. It's it it's kind of lost all meaning.
0: I agree. I mean, it's just like any other gimmick, man. If you if you do uh, ladder matches all the time, they lose their meaning. If you do cage matches, tables all the time, mm-hmm. they lose their meaning. Blood's no different. Um, if you're bleeding every show that you're on, it, it takes it away. Um, you know, the king of the gigging is always going to be like Ric Flair and even Flair. When he was doing the territory days, he'd, om- he'd only really bleed for his bow off matches mm-hmm. or the big shows that they were doing, stuff like that. He didn't bleed every show.
1: And I uh, think he, I think he could get away with it a little bit more because he'd bleed on like where he, he was the NWA champion. And he went to somebody's territory and, if he bled there, it's okay, because they're the only ones seeing it. So it's it's fresh to them, because a lot of yeah. it wasn't televised. Well, so.
0: that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, when they roll in the territories, you know, you have the NWA champion who might be rolling in mm-hmm. to, uh, to do a three-show stint over the weekend. Mm-hmm. He's not going to bleed the first two shows. He'll bleed the third one, because it's the big blow-off one.
1: Yeah, and and so a Flair, I think, he he bled a lot, but... I think it always added something to his matches. Mm-hmm. Same thing with like uh um like when Bret Hart would bleed. You know, although he did it somewhat sparingly. Um you didn't see a lot of it, but when it did, it meant something. Um mm-hmm. And then of course you've now take somebody like Abdullah the Butcher. I was just like, thinking that. <laughs> yep, yeah, that that would bleed every match, you know, and do the fork and all that. But that was almost
0: it's part I of his know. gimmick at that
1: point. Though. It was, and, and some people might be able to argue and say, well, Moxley, that's part of his gimmick now. You know, he's the hardcore wrestler or whatnot, but I just...
2: I don't know. I, It it doesn't
1: do that much for me.
2: Well, let me ask you a question. Like,
0: Not that I've watched a lot of Abdullah the Butcher shows, mm-hmm. like shows he's on, stuff like
2: that, and I haven't had the opportunity to be on a show that he was on. Um, do you remember anything else that happened on that shows? No, no, and you wouldn't because the fun thing you're gonna remember is Abdullah the Butcher
0: bleeding. Um, same with the Moxley, like Moxley bleeds in the match. You might not remember most of anything else that really happened on those shows because that's what's going on. So really, it's a selfish move if you're doing it every show with no meaning. You're taking away the opportunity of one somebody else gigging, and two. Uh, taking away something or taking away like the rest of the card, like you might not see uh, like things going on. You might see some cool spots and things like that, but you are going to be losing the whole of the card. AEW is already walking that very fine line of being able to have a memorable card, and you do something like that, you're going to just blow it out of the water.
1: And it, it's it's so sad to say because in like AEW's early days, like their pay-per-views we're very memorable. Mm -hmm. Like we'd be looking at like, like I think the best pay-per-view they ever did was the one where Adam Cole made his debut and then, and then Brian Danielson made his debut. That one, I felt like it was like, oh my God, they're taking over. This is amazing. You know, that they just kind of packed so much into one show and the card was excellent. And, you know, cause CM Punk had his first match that your debut there too. Um. <laughs> um. But but it's true that that show was amazing. Um, but and I remember that one still, not just cuz of Sam Punk. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but I don't know. There's nothing it's been a while. And and I don't know really why that is, but they've lost direction a little bit.
0: I I agree. Like they for the first year or two, they had what's seeming like every pay-per-view that they had going on. From the moment that ended building up to the next one, they had a good thought of what every storyline was going into that card, which is what you're supposed to do. Like, every match on that card should have a solid story going into it. Because someone's going to want to buy into well, at least one of the stories on that show, if not all of them. And that's your job, is to try and get the 31 flavors out there for what people like and give them all available to people so they can choose what they want but they haven't done that it's gotten to a part where it's like oh let's have this match for the sake of having a match on this card oh, let's have this match for the sake of having a match on this card
1: I, uh, I get what Tony's trying to do it's like he's basically fantasy booking right mm-hmm. where he's like oh let's put on the matches that I would want to see or the fans would want to see and have dream matches and, and all these types of matches which is good, but I need the story to, to make it make sense because if you're just throwing out matches, it's basically hot The territory is what it used to be. It's like, you're throwing all this out there, but if it doesn't mean anything, then how do you keep topping it? You can't do it. It's, it's almost like when they had so many debuts, it's mm-hmm. like, eventually you run out of people to debut, to pop, you know, to pop a reaction. Um, and and they did they ran out of big debuts and then uh and then you didn't have that crutch you didn't you don't have the uh, you know the story crutch or i mean not story crutch but you just people stop the storylines yeah right you don't have the storylines to make it all make sense uh and part of that i think i think they lost a lot when cody Rhodes left um because i felt like as much as you've got the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, and they were there to start it too, it felt to me like Cody was the heart and soul of the AEW movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, so when he left, it just became, you know, all elite friendship wrestling for the most part, until Punk got there. And then then it created some friction, but then it, it, it did take a hit, I think, after that whole thing happened uh, with the fight. Um and they haven't really regained their footing. The business is still like heading in a in a good direction as far as you know they're they're drawing huge in at Wembley Stadium, they're going into Canada and doing tours in Canada. You've got you've got new hours of television being added, you yeah. know, like collision. Uh which it's gonna take a little bit. I think we have to be patient with collision. Because it's gonna take a little bit to for them to find their identity with it. Um the pr- one thing I really liked this week on on collision, they had CM Punk against Samoa Joe uh for uh the Owen Hart tournament to dip, see dip. who's gonna go in the finals. Did you watch it? Nope. Okay. It was it was a good match. The tag team match before it was better. Um <laughs> great tag team match. If you have If you watch one thing on that show, watch that tag team match between FDR and and uh, um, Bullet Club Gold. Uh, Great tag match. One of the better tag matches you'll see. Um, But. Collision, the problem with collision, I felt was it was great matches, but they didn't hook you to. There was no stories, really. So it didn't really. It was great matches, but. What are we building towards? We don't have any angles we're shooting mm-hmm. until this week, where Sam Punk wins the match against Samoa Joe, and they played it really big on their Ring of Honor history.
0: Yeah, because they kept saying that you know he hadn't beaten Joe and stuff like that,
1: right? Um, and then Joe attacks Punk after the match, and so now you've got a feud, you've got a story, and I was like, thank God they're shooting an angle. It's like thank goodness they're they're giving it some meaning because. Punk just wrestling matches, that's not the specialty. Mm. He needs there needs to be like a blood feud, you know, something where he can cut a promo and get into an intense match with somebody. Just you know, being, "Oh, let's have, you know, I'm the best wrestler in the world." And that's that Punk hasn't been that guy in a while. Nope. He can still have great matches. Can he? But I think so. He's I mean, he had it bef- he's had it in AEW. I think the dog collar match was fantastic. Um, I think
2: that was probably was his best match he's had in AEW.
1: It probably was actually. Yeah. Um, I would say though that I think this match was still very good, but it wasn't what they used to do in Ring of Honor. You know, it wasn't. It wasn't that. Now, granted, it's what twenty years later. Um,
0: I I feel like there's a lot of that. Like it. He he's, It feels like there's a lot of stuff that punk does that it makes you want to feel nostalgic for older punk, but he can't do it like he used to. Where if you look at something like Jericho, who's changing his stuff up to work with his age and stuff like that, he can still go in that new fashion. It's yeah, because Jericho,
1: he... Jericho can't do it like he used to either.
0: No, I was going to say, it's, it's only on the occasion where he tries to do something nostalgic where he goes back to do something like that, where like he did that lion's all a few shows ago where it was super low to the ground and he missed. And it's like, God's scary because of it. It's those kind of things that he can't do as well anymore, but he's not really doing those anymore. He's changed his style up and does things differently. But punk hasn't gotten to that part yet. He hasn't changed who he is and changed his work ethic or work habits, I guess would be in the ring to work with his age.
1: I think what Punk needs to do, because he can still bring it on the mic, his promos are still as good as ever. I think he needs to be put in storylines where there's an, an actual... um there's, there's a rivalry there, there's some passion to it that he can sink his teeth into, and then he needs to rely on the story more than the in-ring work. If he does that and the matches... You know themselves might not be the best, but the finishes will be good. If he just relies on the finish and the opening and the story, he'll do well. That's honestly that's that's what I did. You know when I had to change my style, it's like I couldn't go like I used to, yeah. but but I still I still could talk. I still could put a you know have the fans caring about seeing me get my ass kicked because. Uh, of the story that we were telling. And that's where Punk honestly should be. He shouldn't be a baby face right now. He should not be a baby face. The, it's like, the time to turn him was... He should have already turned.
0: Yeah, he should have came in a heel. I like, agree. Punk, that would have made things so much better. And to be honest with you, I probably would care more about watching Collision and care more to see what's going on with Punk if he was a heel. And he needs a good person to build a babyface uh, rivalry with. I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I think the coming up finals with him and Ricky Starks, if he was to turn heel and go against Ricky Starks as a babyface right now and cut promos and work a program with him, that would
2: make Ricky Starks. Yeah. But yeah.
1: Um, I don't think that's where they're going because no. they've got the Joe thing happening now. So now they've got to, you know, do that. So I think, They'll come along eventually, because I think that's, you know, I think they'll realize it. But he needs he needs to be a heel because that's where he'll excel right now. Is getting because if he gets everybody like wanting to see him get the crap kicked out of him, and he can build up that baby face, uh, it'll be money. It'll it'll be money. Um, cause him just being the wrestler, hmm. There's, I don't think there's as much money in that.
0: Yeah, I agree. Like like I said, I think him as a heel is more appealing to me. And that gives more avenues for people to grow off of him, right? Like, That's the thing that you want to see in wrestling is you want the young kids to be the babyface, the ones coming in so that they can grow and get their feet wet, but not only get their feet wet, but build their investment again with the crowd and to do that is on the backs of keel vets and that, that that's like wrestling storyline booking 101
1: isn't this amazing we're actually agreeing on a topic about cm punk
0: oh yeah uh it's only because i'd rather see him be a heel than <laughs> see him do what he's currently doing and right now he's just popping himself so
1: um what do you think have let's talk matches themselves. What do you think have been the better matches
2: this year? Oh first my, one that pops in mm-hmm. my mind for the best one of the best matches,
0: and there's been several and I could probably put several of them through the bloodline story with like Sammy and Roman and even Kevin and Roman. Uh Cody and Roman the tag match with Kevin and Sammy against the Usos But I th- I think in my head right now probably one of the best matches this year has been uh Osprey and uh uh Omega. Omega at uh, Forbidden Door.
1: I think for AEW I'd put I think that's the top one. Um I think the uh the the Iron Man with MJF and Brian Danielson was also very good. Yes. Um that was way better than I thought that was going to be. Um for me, I think those have been probably the two standout matches um as far as matches of the year. And MJF is really bringing it as far as match quality goes. He he's been doing that. Um I just think he doesn't really have a story to you know, to he doesn't have that arch nemesis that's that's right there. Adam Cole isn't it. It's no. it's I I don't know. I don't I'm not buying into that. Um and, and I just I, I like cool.
0: If I was Tony Khan right now, what I would do is I would have Orange Cassidy be the the foil to MJF. He's the most over guy right now in AEW. He is the perfect baby face to go against somebody like MJF. MGF is constantly talking about the work ethic he puts in, the effort he puts in, and how much better he is than everyone else, and they know it. And the perfect foil for someone that's got that much ego and loves to talk is someone that can care less about how stuff's going. I think those two running a program would be the hottest thing in AEW right now.
1: Mm, I I think it would be good. I I still think it's going to be something that like most orange casting matches are for me. It's like I go in like not really like expecting much and then he blows me away and it's like, okay, but but I he never fully wins me over. I'm like, oh, this will be a banger. You know, this will be a great match. It's always just like "Eh, I'm not really looking forward to that. It probably won't be very good. And then he blows me away every time. It's like. Eventually, you'd think that I'd catch on and be like, oh, he's good. But I think that's part of the specialness of Orange Cassidy is that he doesn't make you think that it's going to be that good. But but then he ends up over delivering just like MJF. Exactly like MJF. Um, which Which maybe that is a good pairing. Uh, So, so, but then nobody will think it's any good, you know, then they'll be blown away, I guess. Um, what are some matches in WWE that stand out to you?
2: Um, the, the ones I mentioned earlier, uh, of course, the bloodline ones, but honestly, I
0: think the one that is just right there in the back of my head was not only surprising in how good of a match it was, but I think will actually last or uh, stand the test of time. Is uh Seamus and Gunther at uh Chaos or Castle kr the uh what the hell did they call that? Uh Chaos at the Castle or whatever it was.
2: Clash at the Castle. Right? That's
0: what it was, yes. Uh yes. that match was By and far better than it was ever expected to be. So brutal, but so good in story and everything it did in that match. And being able to ostensibly create and tell a story to build to WrestleMania um, off the back of that match.
1: That match was really good. Um, I mean, I think you kind of have to go over the. Some of the ones that. We've kinda of already talked about but but I think Sami Zayn against Roman was excellent.: Yeah, I agree. um, I think the Usos against Owens and Zayn at WrestleMania was excellent Um, I'd say
2: Those are probably I'm trying
1: to think of anything else that that really stands out um. I think for me those are probably the big ones. Um who do you think is of the first six months, who do you think's been the top baby face out out in wrestling? Out of out of out of uh Cody or the Sammy? Top okay. I think I'll say I'll probably say Sammy, just because that storyline he was he was definitely a most over. Cody, I'd say, but I still think he's...
2: Seth is on that list too, now I think about it too. Seth Rollins. Um,
0: And he's only because of what he's done. He's kind of turned around to being a babyface since about the rumble. Mm -hmm. And he's just so over right now as a babyface. Cody has been sustainably over, um, even with the loss to Roman. Sammy is still over, but not on that same level he was going into, uh, Elimination Chamber. So, or even after the rest, uh, WrestleMania win, um, but they're both, or all three of them, are probably like I would put them right up there as the best baby faces of
1: the year. Yeah, so I'll say that. What do you What do you think of that? Uh, the new world championship that Seth won. Oh, I
2: don't mind it. Yeah, I think. It's fine. think
1: you know Seth Seth cut a really good promo in the press conference um after the last show I think it is uh where he talked about it's going to take some time you know every time he defends that title successfully it's building equity yep. in that championship and i think that's exactly it because it's still brand new i don't see it as that prestigious as of yet but if he holds it and he puts on good matches with it and he ends up elevating that title um it's a case where it's the man that's going to elevate the title, not the other way around. Yeah. Uh, and so eventually it'll be, it'll be like, oh, this is a prestigious title, but it really has no lineage right now. So it's, it's, uh, it's going to take some time to build on me. Um, I don't see it as equal to Roman's title. I mean, I don't think, I don't think anything's going to be equal to that until Roman loses the belt, and then you know, depending on the feuds, on the other it's it's kind of like uh when when you had the universal title in the WWE championship and they were separate it was always okay who's who's got the better story that's going to main event the show yep. um whereas now it's like it's a clear question or it's a clear um f- it's a fact that Roman's going to main event the bloodline stuff is going to main event yep. cuz that's the hottest story in wrestling
0: yeah and and, and it, it still is um the concept with Seth uh, and the investment of him beating these people to build up the equity is not much different than what we've been doing with Gunther in the IC title. Um,
1: yeah, the IC title actually means something.
0: Exactly. And it's because of the investment that Gunther has been putting into it with the people he's been beating and the matches he's been putting on for it. Right, like there's been there were many shows there for years where you didn't see the IC title being defended, and not just like the pay per views. There were times where you didn't see Raw or SmackDown with the IC title yeah. holder there. Uh like do you remember that uh, Ricochet held the IC title?
1: Briefly, I I do. I mean, vaguely, I do I remember he it, it for like four months. Yeah, I I I'm, remember it, but to me, sure it was he, just he was the
0: one that uh Gunther beat for it. Now think
2: about it.
1: might be but see i don't remember that see
2: so it didn't it didn't have the same impact so to speak um who who do you think is the
1: top heel in wrestling right
2: now roman
0: or mjf i think those are our top two and they're going to stay that way i think for a while um because one Who's going to surpass MJF and ADW? And two, and, until Roman takes a break, which he might end up doing after he drops his belt, who's going to be the next person to step up for him? I mean, there's opportunities um, there, but who's the next guy to step up? So.
1: I think those two are good. Uh, Dom's I, also on that list, too. Dom's on that list. Yep, I was going to throw him out there. And if Punk ever turns, he could be there with with MJF if if he... You know, depending on how he's booked and the promos he cuts and and everything. So I, f- I feel like that could work. But uh yeah, I think those are kind of the ones that are in that possibility. Um The ones? Yeah. The ones, huh?
2: <laughs> I see what you did there. Um, <laughs> the fans didn't.
1: <laughs> let's <laughs> No, they didn't, but they heard you. Yeah. Um let's talk the local Utah wrestling scene real okay. quick here. So um what what has been memorable for you and stood out to you this year in Utah professional wrestling?
2: Um honestly, the amount of wrestling that is available right
0: now in Utah. Outside of the concept that there are three promotions running shows monthly, The Botion alone is doing two or three shows almost every month this year. Somewhere, right? If not more. Um and we've been starting to work out of state shows, right? We did the show in Colorado, we did the show in Wyoming um and stuff like that. And those are only gonna be more often happening or trying to be done that way. Uh we did the spring break show where we had such a huge amount of people there. Uh brought in, you know, the NWA tag champions, uh the former NWA women's champion with Roxy. You had so many great people that came to work that show. Juicy, of course, from MLW. Um, Mind you, he caved my chest in, so, you know, screw that guy. Uh, I love you, Juicy. Don't hurt me. Um, Eric Bischoff came out again, which is awesome. There's been just so many great things that we've done this year in in Devotion alone. Then you have Dive. Oh, you know, they have Brian Kendrick as their champion. They had... Uh, some amazing shows going on uh, with them up in Ogden and then SDF has come out and they've brought out people like Gang and things like that so there's been just an an overabundance of wrestling in Utah over the last uh, six months more than we've seen in years
1: yeah I really applaud DCW for um, for how how much shows how many shows they've been doing and and kind of branching out into other states, you know, and, and doing that and branching out into other areas. Mm-hmm. You know, they added the Ogden stuff and then they've, you know, they've done Wyoming and whatnot. And so.
0: Oh, and I forgot the Lucha shows. We even have Lucha yeah. shows. Uh, two different Lucha right. promotions are working in Utah.
1: Yep. So there's a lot of wrestling here. Not all of it's on the same quality. I'm going to say that. So no. you don't have to. Oh, <laughs> but you agree yeah. with me? Uh, um, 100%. Um, but uh, and it's not throwing
0: like dive under the bus, but like if you look to like Belucha shows or even STF, they're not on the same level yet to what dive is or we are.
1: Yeah, and um, obviously memorable for me. For I mean, I mean, I was with I was doing stuff with DCW up until up until March. March. Yep, March and. And I really liked my send off, as far as as far as what we did, and so, and it was a good story. That's why it's always so hard to like come back, because it's like, gosh, it's come like come
2: back. What was that?
1: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, it was my brain and my mouth not working properly or not uh, connecting.
0: I have that all the time. I call that being awake.
1: Yes, uh, but. That's why it's so hard for me to like think about coming back just because like it, it has to be it always has to be like either better or different or interesting a reason to come back. Right. I've had plenty of offers to come back and do things. Mm-hmm. I know Trent wanted me to like help him out with, you know, cameras and production. And that just didn't feel like the right fit for me. It's like I don't want to screw up the show. Um And, uh, but he had a lot of faith in me. So Trent, I I appreciate you, buddy. Um, but, and then we talked about commentary and whatnot, and I got excited for about 15 minutes on that. And then, and then that didn't seem, that seemed like a lot of work. Oh, (laughs) and I didn't really, I didn't really feel like that was the right fit. Um, I've done a bar fight since, um, and that's, and maybe that's kind of where I start because with all the shows, the, the um, drawing that they've been doing in a lot of these places, bar fights has suffered a little bit. And so I feel like I can help there. Um, and so that's kind of the one area I feel like needs to be helped. And I think part of that's just because my opinion, the reason, okay, here, if you guys are listening, this is the reason why I'll bar take. fights. This is the this is the reason why bar fights isn't working right now. It's number one. It's been oversaturated with so many bar fight shows that they did. And it's the same guys. The roster hasn't changed really. And so when you're. Basically, the people that are coming, they're seeing the same matchups over and over and over again and doing the same things. One show doesn't change from the other. The only the only thing is to see, you know. uh some people you know do commentary while they're drunk or whatnot. It's and that's entertaining to an extent, but it's not gonna draw a huge crap. And so I think something's something needs to change there. We'll see if I can help with that or if I want to. We'll see. Um but uh as far as DCW I, I applaud all the shows they're doing. Uh Dive. I know that they've been doing stuff with with the uh, um, uh, the champion Brian Kendrick. Uh, Brian Kendrick, thank you. Uh, I know that they've been uh, doing stuff with Brian Kendrick. I didn't know he was their champion, so that's yeah. that's news to me. But I haven't seen as much of their yeah. You know, like I haven't s- like I'll see the occasional like poster or something posted online, but I haven't really seen enough promotion for that, or to see or something to get me excited about about what they're doing other than other than that stf brings in stars but to me it's it's kind of like
2: i'm gonna get heat
1: um (laughs) it's it's kind of like old school or or like the worst of war to me like when war was at its worst they'd bring in the top guys but the roster just it wasn't cutting it. The matches weren't cutting it. The in-ring quality wasn't there. I was on that roster. Thank you very much. <laughs> I said what I said. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I just... The problem there is just they'll let anybody join. Uh, you know, well, certain people no are there. No training. Yeah, and no training. And that's, again,
0: the problem with STF. Um, dive does training uh, with their stuff. Like, they, their guys do training.
1: Their guys oh. are v- very good in the ring. That, that's not the problem with Dive the 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 problem with dive is probably more so stories making it you know making people want to see it other than just a spot fest mm-hmm. um and yeah send all your hate mail to me guys um <laughs> but i'm I'm just speaking my mind uh and I'm not affiliated with anybody, so I can and if you've got a problem uh shoot me a message we'll talk we'll talk it out but uh, I don't know. It's and DCW is not a hundred. You know they're not uh a hundred percent perfect either. No. Um, I think
2: they've got a better business model. They've got they're doing
1: some things and growing the business. Um, but they could use some stories. Uh, you know that compel. You know that are compelling. And whatnot, and um,
0: like a best of seven series for the uh, control of a a little yoda doll.
1: Is that what's going on right now?
0: Yeah, uh, it's TMI versus uh, Slating Blade in uh, a best of okay. seven series.
1: Okay, well that better be for the story because it's not for the work, right? I'm just. Kidding.
0: Oh wow. <laughs> wow! Send your hate mail. Oh, uh, first of no, all, the match was awesome, and no, second sure of it. all.
2: Uh yeah, it's for the story. Um <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I and and I'm not
2: n- nobody's horrible. So
1: um but uh no that's good. That, that was
2: some quick backfilling
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was horrible in that.
1: No, and nobody is. Um but yeah, that's I'm excited actually, um, for kind of where things are going. Um let's talk predictions for the end of the year.
0: Okay. Uh, but, local or otherwise?
1: Uh we'll start we'll start otherwise we'll end on local. Okay. So, what what do you think is going to happen in these last 6 months? Um for uh for finishing out 2023 in let's say WWE first. Like what do you th- where do you see things going?
2: Well, I think Jay Uso is gonna win his first singles title.
1: It's not gonna be the universe undisputed not say It
0: was, but it could be. It's a highly unlikely, but it could be. But I could see him winning uh, a title. Like he could easily be the one
2: to take the U.S. title. Um,
1: who is the U.S.
2: champ? Yeah, A Town Down, bro.
1: Yes, yes, he can definitely take. He <laughs> awesome can take theory. theories. He can take theories <laughs> title. Um, 100% I, I honestly forgot theory was even on the roster To be honest So <laughs>
2: um,
0: I would love to see AEW Get a very strong Story To propel it through the year That's really what it's missing It's missing an amazing story To propel it Something to make you want to watch it every week They do not have that right now So, I would love to see that. I don't know if that's going to happen, though, Um, with AEW. uh, I would love to see some big star come up over the next six months in AEW to do that. Not sure who that would be, but I would love to see
2: that. Uh, And yeah, I think that's like the biggest ones that are popping in my head. Like,
0: some of the things. Like I don't I can't I don't see Cody finishing his story yet. I don't see uh really much of it. I think we're gonna see not a stagnant but a plateau of where we're at right now with champion stuff. I could see Gunther losing the title in the next six months to somebody. And again, Austin Theory, I expect him to lose it in the next six months. But um I don't see much of anything like that. I could see the Sammy and Kevin losing the tag titles to somebody, but I think like the, the big ones. I I don't see Seth losing. Um, I in fact I don't see Seth losing until
2: Rumble, maybe if not WrestleMania, and probably
0: WrestleMania for uh, uh, Roman. I, I just can't see a good path for either of those guys to do so, especially if they're trying to build equity into right. uh, the
1: WWE world title. I, I think those are some pretty safe predictions. I, I would say for WWE, for me, I see I see this Bloodline storyline continuing to go, you know, and adding different uh, layers. I, so the I see Jay coming close but not fully beating Roman. Uh, I could see them starting to tease some dissension with Solo and Roman. Um, and then I could see. Oh, gosh, I think Austin Theory loses title, too. Um, at least I hope so. <laughs> um, I could see. I could see Owens and Zane losing it because like. I mean, that's six months away. So to say that they're all gonna hold their championships for six months, I don't see it. The only the only ones I think are safer in the next six months a hundred percent is probably Roman. Seth is probably up there too. Um, but other than that, everybody else, there's a chance they could lose it to yep. somebody. Um I would I would like um Honestly, for WWE, I would like for them to just keep on the same path and keep building the storylines and doing the slow build. I don't think they need to hotshot anything there. Uh, for AEW, I would like to see CM Punk have, have like a, a real feud. And maybe it's a Samoa Joe thing, and it'll actually. That'll be a great feud. Um, we'll have to see on that. Uh, I would like to see. I would like to see them turn this whole elite and punk thing into a story and, and actually make some money off of it. Um, I that don't, could be
0: the story I'm talking about that builds it through the year.
1: It could, but if they're doing the Samoas Joe stuff, and I, I thought initially that they were going to do that to build up for uh, the Wembley, um, the Wembley show, but that's only... Isn't that... What? Next month?
0: Uh, yes. So, we actually have two... I think it's two back-to-back.
1: Yeah. Almost. Yeah, uh, you have all out and all in, basically back-to-back. Yeah. Um, And I think... If the punk stuff with Samoa Joe's happening, I see that taking us through that. And so, I don't think they're gonna start it for that. If they are
2: going to. I see... Um I see them continuing to grow the business but just um I think MJF loses the title at some point in the next 6 months. I just don't see I don't see
1: him holding it for 6 more months. Um I just think it's it's already kind of losing steam and yeah. so to whom? To whom? That's the big question. I don't think it's going to be Adam Cole. I don't think we see AEW world champion Adam Cole. At least not at this point. Um, He's too much of an injury risk. I see... Uh, I'm just trying to see if... Uh, I think we'll have new tag team champions. I think FTR will drop the belts. Um maybe maybe to bulk club gold. Um I know they've got a two out of three falls match coming up, uh they they announced. So I could I see them continuing to have good matches and and uh it's really hard to pick predictions for, for those stories other than Wembley's gonna do a massive crowd and a massive it's going to look great on television. Um
2: Well, the biggest
0: thing you have to think about when you think about predictions in wrestling is you get a guiding light of what the stories are now to try and build to stories for six months from now. And that is why it's so hard with AEW, because they don't have There's any. no stories.
1: The only thing that I can really say is that, okay, we've got Punk and Joe. That's the only thing. And, of course, we'll have MJF and Adam Cole, you know, mm-hmm. having a blow-off there at some point. But... What else... What other stories are you, can you say they're building to and i i can't i don't see it yeah um, I,
0: I don't either they because they don't have anything right now and that's the big problem. maybe
1: that's the prediction is they actually start developing some stories and <laughs> and and we're like oh now this is working and then they'll start drawing some ratings again and
0: that's my hope man like that's what i said earlier with predictions is i hope AEW builds storylines because that's what they need they Will sink so quick if they don't, um, because they have the work rate, which is something that uh, Impact lost for a long time. But Impact had the stories, which is what kept them in the game, and AEW's losing that and it's making it really hard. So, um,
2: yeah. let me Story ask you real wins. quick,
0: oh, yeah, uh, before we uh-huh. go into local, uh-huh. um. Who do you think is going to be your surprise
2: uh, over the next six months? Who, who do, what work do you think is going to be the biggest surprise in the next six months? Um, I would say. Who's the guy that interrupted John Cena?
1: Um, Grayson. Grayson Waller. Grayson Waller. I could see him gaining some traction in the next six months. Um, I think he's a heck of a talent. I could see if they bring up um oh uh, Bron Breaker. Yes, if they bring up Bron Breaker, I could see him being a surprise. Maybe they save it for Rumble. I don't know Um, if they can hold off that long, but If they brought him up, I could see him making a big splash. Um,
2: I think
1: Carlito returning. um, I think that that could do something.
2: Is Carlito returning?
1: Apparently he's signed. Oh.
0: He had a huge pop when he did the Puerto Rico show, so.
1: Yeah, so apparently he's coming back. So he signed a contract, so we'll see. We'll see what happens there. uh, that's on the WWE side because um, everybody else will just continue their paths of upward. I don't think it'll be as big of a surprise. I think those are kind of the big ones. I think AEW, I could see
2: let's say Ricky Starks
1: could be, could get a big push, especially if he ends up winning the Owen Hart. I, he's going to win the Owen Hart. You think so?
0: Yeah, I I think Joe's gonna screw Punk.
1: Ooh, that would make sense. So that would make sense. Um, I also think that we could see kind of a renew, like a push for Jungle Boy. Um, because he's already done the heel turn. So if if it works, it could it could head in that direction. Um, I'm still on the fence on that. Yeah. I don't know if he has it in him to be a heel, but um, that's a possible. It's a lot funner. Yeah, it is. Um, so that would be a surprise. We said biggest surprises. So um, if jungle boy came in hot like that, um, other than that, I don't, I don't really, cause there's the usuals, but I don't see anybody else being a surprise surprise. like like, Do you have anybody?
0: There's only one that you didn't name that's come to mind, and it's only off of recent news I've been listening to. Okay, And that's, you know, the L.A. Night, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Mm -hmm. L.A. Night's, one, he had such a huge show at Money in the Bank. Um, Crowds were totally behind him. He's been getting so many pops. Um, The only people right now that are crapping on him are some of the smart marks thinking that he's too rockin' Austin. And I don't see that as a bad thing.
1: It's not just the smart marks, though. But um, who who said that he was a uh, Kevin Ash? Ash ripped yep. on him for for being like a copycat of the Rock. Yeah, um, I mean,
2: you
0: can see the influence, but there are a lot of people like I being in the Indies. Like I've seen hundreds of people. Who there, rip off Austin and uh, mm-hmm. The Rock and so many guys, a taker, but are such pale, pale versions there, of them.
1: There used so to bad. be a, a wrestler that used to wrestle for Nav, I think, in uh, or uh, wrestled in uh, Western States Wrestling, which used, which then I believe became my I could be, could be wrong on you know the evolution of that and all, but. Uh, he was called the Croc, and it was a complete parody of The Rock. Like yeah. he looked like The Rock, it, he looked like The Rock Light, like like a a puffier, shorter version of The Rock.
0: <laughs> um, but the, the LA Knight character, he does take a lot of bits from them, but you see them more as the influence. More than a direct ripoff, like you can see the influence you get from them, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I, for myself, I use Paul Heyman, especially my promos, as a lot of my influence for my team, my gimmick, and so there's a lot of similarities to it, but you know, it's not a pale ripoff. It's just that it's an influence, and I feel like LA Knight's in that same boat. And I think that if they are going to heat him up, which it sounds like they're going to do, or they're going, he's going to just you know get a massive push and get sh- strapped to the moon. He, I could see La Knight being the guy to go up against uh, Seth Rollins to uh, work towards that belt. I don't know if he'll get it, but I could see him be that guy if he gets yeah. hot enough.
1: So I could see it. So so local right. wrestling. Yep. What? Where do you see? The local scene being at at the
2: end of the year well, I would like to s what I'd like to see is more fans
0: um and regular just the fans coming to shows uh we're coming back to, again to fight t v so I'd like to see that blow up again um in fact we just started our we we're in our second show in a row for like taping of that, which is great so i'm I'm excited <laughs> to see those happen i and I, I think more shows in wrestling is, is going to cause Utah to get more of a recognition as a wrestling state than it has ever been. And that's what I'm
2: hoping to see over the next several months. Um, I'd also like to see both, well,
0: all the wrestling promotions to blow up because, you know, all uh,
2: high tides rise, all ships, right? And I would like to see that for every promotion here in Utah. Um,
0: but that also means I'd like to see better quality for all the guys. And I think that's something that's definitely becoming more homed and especially between uh devotion and dive, I think their workers are becoming even better quality. It, you know, we if we set the higher bars for us and them, it sets the bars for everybody. So that's what I'd like to see. Um it, it, it's hard to say like, because, you know, storyline-wise, storylines always change. It's all, it all depends on workers. Um, we have a lot of fresh talent coming through but right now. I'd like to see those guys get their first shows. And um, we just had one of our greenies, uh, Pablo. He just had his first official singles match um, uh, last weekend and did really good. I'm very proud of him. Uh, we have some other guys uh, coming up who they'll be having their first shows probably within the next six months. Uh, one of the females, Christy, and then hopefully uh, another guy named Nick. Hopefully, we'll be having his first match soon. So we have a lot of opportunities for people to start bring or start up. So there's going to be a lot of new faces hopefully seen too in Utah wrestling.
1: I think that's kind of the the two big things that I'd like to see is 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 the school. Um, at DCW kind of expanding to, you know, to get some new recruits in there and get some new trainees to, to blow that up. Cause the, the current roster can only go for so long without some fresh faces, yeah. you know, and it either has to come from out of state or it has to come from within. And, um, I would like to see them kind of branch out and do more shows like in other areas. Uh, as far as DCW goes and, and kind of growing that fan base. Uh, I absolutely would like to see them outgrow light tree studios. Um, and to where it doesn't make sense to run there anymore, where it just, you know, you need a bigger venue, but that's going to take work from everybody. Yep. Um, I'd like to see bar fights packed, you know, every week. And so where everything's drawing. um. As, as for the other wrestling in the state,
2: I just, I wish they had,
1: I wish they had a stronger product, and I wish that they had a better business model to kind of build it, because just kind of putting on shows just for the sake of putting on shows, I, that's, that's such a thing from, you know, 10 years ago, I don't know. It's Uh,
0: four and a half years ago.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so it's like, there's some that take it as a hobby and there's others that are trying to make a business out of it. And, uh, I, I wish everybody the best. Um, you know, will I return? I don't know. We'll, you know, we'll see.
2: Um, but, uh, yeah,
1: I, I hope the storylines keep getting better. That's, uh, you know, we'll see what happens with creative there. But um I do really like that. We're seeing a roster actually growing, though, where they're bringing in out of state talent again. And they're <clears throat> they're doing that because for a while, we, you know, DCW was a skeleton crew and it was the it was the homegrown talent that was just carrying everything for months and months. And which is good when you have a large roster. But when you have, you know, 15 guys, maybe.
0: I wouldn't even call it fifteen guys. I think at, at max, healthy enough to work, we were probably running nine to ten guys.
1: Yeah, which is really tough. I've done it in ACW. We we did we did shows where we had uh, like it, two, six or four, seven of six. us. Yeah, and we we had to do tournaments or you know or like like uh, mini tournaments and all of that. We we made it work, but when you don't have enough guys to put on a battle royal, it's tough. Very much so. Cool. Um, well, yeah. I'm I'm excited, though, for the next six months. And l- we'll see if some of our predictions come true.
0: Yeah. Well, guys, this has been really fun. And I'd love to hear what you guys think uh, about what the mainstream wrestling, as well as the local wrestling, what your predictions for both of them are over the next six months and what you guys would like to see. Also, I want to know from everybody here, please hit us up in the comments who your favorite heel is right now in all of wrestling, in the uh, local and mainstream. Of course, local is going to be Mike. But uh, (laughs) that being said, guys, please hit us up on our social medias on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at BeHeroMedia. You can also go to BeHeroMedia.com, which is where we have everything BeHero. And then you can also reach out to me directly at Mike Burke. DCW on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, and then on Twitter it's Mike Burke Pro. You also reach out to Psycho on Psycho Wrestling on Facebook.
1: Yeah, that's right. Send all your hate. All noise. right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. Do that anyways. You know, had nothing to do with our stuff that we talked about. You could just totally be like, huh. oh, this guy cut off me off in the road. Send that all to Psycho. <laughs> all right. With that being said, guys, let me just go ahead and tell you guys about the upcoming shows we have for Devotion Championship Wrestling. So we have a lot of great shows coming up, and I'm actually super excited on some of these. So first off, this weekend, we will be right back up in Ogden at Kamikazes for our next showing of uh, Tussle Time. I believe it's Tussle Time 6. Yep, Tussle Time 6. And then August 11th, we will be at the Wild Wild West Festival in Salt Lake City. August 19th, we'll be right back at Light Tree Studios. And then Tesla time 7 will be August 26th. And then our huge show at Charlie Square, where we are expecting to have a large crowd. We will be having our show called DCW Control. That will also be featuring Chris Adonis, as well as the current NWA champion, EC3. So I am super excited for that show. Get your tickets now by going to DCW Salt Lake City on Twitter or Devotion Championship Wrestling on Facebook or Instagram. All right, guys. Well, I think that is everything for tonight. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We will be doing this again at the end of the year to see how our predictions turned out and what our predictions are for the next following year. And, uh, yeah, I think that's everything. All right. Well, for the rest of Be Hero Presents... I am Brian, this is Psycho, and this is us tapping out. (laughs) Have a good night, guys.